Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Media Sportscast. We're still going strong, even though I think it's been, what, two or three weeks since major sports stopped. We, we still find plenty to talk about. But first, we're going we're gonna to address the elephant in the room, which is coronavirus and uh, how it's affecting sports and all of that. So we're each going to go around and pick a, a sports-related coronavirus storyline to, headli- to headlight or a, a specific headline in particular that we uh, thought was interesting relating to coronavirus. So we're going we're gonna to start with Lucas. What do you have for us? So I do not mean to make light of either the coronavirus or earthquakes because both are very serious. But that being said, the headline I chose because I thought it was funny was uh, from the Daily Star, which is Cristiano Ronaldo coronavirus self-isolation interrupted as earthquake hits Madaria, which is the town he's from. Um, I want to say first that I'm glad that Ronaldo is self-isolating, especially coming from Italy, um, where he plays for Juventus. Um and teammates like Blaise Matuidi have been diagnosed with coronavirus. He was in the hot spot of it, and now he's out, and he seems to be okay. That's great. The headline, though, is ridiculous just in the way they frame it. <laughs> um, I spent many a year in journalism, so I know clickbait when I see it. But wow, my favorite flex. thing might be how <laughs> how it um, it uses the word interrupted as if, like, cr- like Cristiano Ronaldo was just self-isolating, and then he just, you know went outside for to go to the grocery store but instead it was an actual earthquake that hit this island that he's staying on where he grew up um and i think the framing too about the fact that there was an earthquake in a place that is struck by this global pandemic was framed around cristiano ronaldo was also funny the fact that it's like cristiano ronaldo was the first words there so <laughs> i'm glad he's okay i'm glad the people on the island are okay but i think it's just a funny framing of everything relating to the situation given what's been going on yeah i think he's doing fine though (laughs) yeah Yeah. of all the people who would have like great medical care in this like he's probably like top 10 in the world if he even got it so i think he's doing okay i also saw just real quick that he bought a bugatti that and of which there were only 10 in the world (laughs) So he's he's using his money wisely as well during this time. Was that related to the coronavirus? Is that like a, like oh I'm in self isolation? I'm gonna I'm gonna splurge on myself. I deserve this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure in some way. Yeah. I've been through a it lot. Would, it would be pretty on brand. Yeah, I feel I've like. been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so my actual I went with another headline as well, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, NBC's Mike Florio suggests putting the entire NFL on a desert island to ensure a season. This is a, <laughs> an article by a Mr. Stephen Douglas. Um, and I, I don't know. So I was reading about what people's plans are to like try to reintegrate sports. And this guy um, from NBC, Mike Florio, said that they should just um, – he was being facetious, but he was like – they should just build this facility in the desert that has like six stadiums in it, no room for fans or anything like that. But we build facilities for the team doctors, for the players, and this article just just really goes into all the logistics about what like all the ramifications about what would happen, and how players would be separated from their family for four months. Like that would be a great idea, right? Separate them from their family for that long a time. Um, During such it, an important. Just, period of their life yeah exactly um and it was like how how would they um how would they even practice without other teams seeing their plays because there's only six facilities i don't know it just goes in all this stuff it was a pretty fun read and just reading about like um 
ways that people are trying to integrate sports and bringing them back, um, I think was pretty entertaining for me. So, Agreed. I think I saw I read an article too that the Premier League is trying to do the same thing and make it into like a reality TV show like this week on like Liverpool and Spurs in isolation <laughs> together and like follow around the players and then like have the games like all in this like enclosed facility where like nobody comes in or out or stuff like that. So it's global, these ideas. I saw that they want the NBA to be played in the Bahamas. That's what I saw. And because I think <laughs> not a bad idea. I think the idea stems from China because they're doing their their league is continued, uh, but they're only playing in like two cities or something like that. So they want to kind of just move them off. But it's a it's still a funny idea to think about, especially the whole like separating them from their family thing. So I have a couple of discussion posts that I saw. The caption I, I saw on Twitter was like day blink without the NBA, um, followed by these headlines. So here's here's one discussion post I want to present to you guys. Could an owner theoretically marry a player to circumvent the cap? Like, let's say Wes Edens just marries Giannis and could pay him the minimum and stay with the Bucks and then share his assets on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why do you know the answer to that? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But I think it's a funny idea. Mm-hmm. And then here, here's the other one. This one's my favorite. Who would be a better defend, defender? Andre Roberson or Isaiah Thomas with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> and here, here's, the, here's the details about it. So Isaiah can't actually shoot players since that's a foul. Probably a flagrant. But we'll see how Tony Brothers sees it. Isaiah can, however, probably shoot the ball on the way up and that's a block. Assume the crowd is protected by bulletproof glass. He can also use it for intimidation since the other players will no, have no idea why he has a gun on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my favorite going crazy day blank with that NBA discussion post that I saw. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> They're just going to get crazier. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. As, the, as it extends, I'm here for it. get more wild. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Mark Cuban <laughs> talked with medical professionals and said he hopes for a June first return. So, fingers crossed. Mm, the yeah, we will see. I don't think anyone has any idea. That's so no. far away. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because there need to be a certain amount of time where it's like considered okay, and then I feel like we'll like there's gonna need to be warning before we dive back into sports. It can't just be like, oh, we're starting the NBA tomorrow. Yeah, um, exactly. on the day yeah. when it's right. necessary um but anyway the the topic that i'm going to cover uh real quickly coronavirus related is how sports betting is responding uh to the mm. you know coronavirus outbreak so they've had to scramble a little to uh make do in this current climate so companies like DraftKings and FanDuel are moving first into to politics into putting stuff like you know what what Donald Trump is going to say, what's going to happen in a certain debate, whereas other sports betting, the uh, sports betting books are going into uh, as niche as possible with some of their some of their bets. Apparently, the Nicaraguan Premier League is uh, receiving a lot of attention recently. They're, they're still going, so bets are still being oh. placed on them. So yeah, if if, if any of you are looking for money, <laughs> looking for somewhere to put your money, that's that's a good spot. Uh, we've also got sumo wrestling is still going, Australian rules football. Oh. So these are these are where people are are turning their attention. And I think if 
you are betting now on Nicaraguan soccer or on, you know, sumo wrestling, I think you might have a gambling problem. I think that might um, have exposed (laughs) you as having an issue here. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, it'll be interesting to see as this continues to drag on and if more and more leagues are canceled, although I think we're probably at the point where pretty much everything is. Um, It'll be interesting to see what innovation comes out of the the sports gambling industry to try and keep making money. Mm. Indeed. Um, and lastly, for, for me, I, I wanted to t- talk about a, a headline that I thought was uh, sort of funny, but also kind of sad in a way. Um, I saw recently that the cities are taking drastic measures to stop people from doing things outside and to encourage social distancing. Uh, and so they're in some places going so far as to literally cut down basketball nets at courts and even take down the basketball rims entirely. I thought that was a, a little bit crazy. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it's just kind of funny that people are, are still not getting it to the extent that cities need to say, no, like you can't even hoop. So rest in peace to the people who, <laughs> who, uh, who try to ball every day. It's not <laughs> happening anymore. Y- your skills are going to have to, uh, rust and, and get, uh, revived at a later date. Just play a zone defense. You know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, very, a very light zone. <laughs> this is a three shooters dream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a funny tweet that was like, social distancing just means play defense like people play defense on Ben Simmons when he's trying to take a three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, with with that first segment out of the way, now let's move on to a new segment that we will be introducing for the first time this week. We'll be calling it the People's Court. The idea is that we'll have two sides, a, a prosecution and a defense each consisting of two people, and they will basically be making a case for or against uh, a certain topic. So this week, we'll be debating the CBA that was approved two weeks ago in the NFL. Uh, I don't want to delve into too many details here. Uh, I'll be the judge. The prosecution will be Lucas and Jared. The defense will be Aiden and Wyatt. Let's just jump right into it. Um, So with that being said, uh, court is in order. Everybody, please rise. Uh, and now you can sit down again. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> Let's start with the prosecution. Lucas and Jared, the floor is yours. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, so people people are definitely making a big deal about the revenue shares for the players going up by a percentage point and possibly one and a half percent. But pe- people need to keep in mind that this is split among almost 2,000 players, at least 1,600 uh, and they're still getting a minority of the revenue, 48.5% max. Um, the proposal calls for a 17-game regular season, which we've already seen. Um, and that's the projected revenue is about a 3.1% revenue increase for only a 6.3% increase in games played. So they're playing, they're proportionally playing more games than what they are gaining in revenue. And the owners are just going to be raking in massive TV, TV uh, revenue increases with the new deals that they make. Let's also look at how this dilutes the quality of teams in the playoffs. Um, there have been 58 number six seeds since they've had the 12-team uh, format in 1990. Only six of them have made it to the conference championship, and only two made it to the Super Bowl. And what? What? why do we really need to give the number one seed more incentive and power to win when of the past seven Super Bowls, 10 of those 14 teams were number one seeds? It's already so hard to win when you're not a number one seed. Um, so why get take the buy away from the number two seed? I'll hand it off to Lucas for the rest of our argument. Yeah, and in addition to that, 
Um, there are some incremental increases in terms of wages for players, which is good, but it seems like just an attempt by the management and by the owners to basically buy off the higher inherent risk to the players that'll be proposed, or sorry, that'll be um, that'll be incurred because of the increase in the number of games in the schedule. Studies have shown that every extra game of NFL football that is played um, increases the rate of injury by fifteen percent, and that rate of injury is too high to really offset any of the costs. Richard Sherman said that uh, basically you can't put a price on players' health, and I think he's exactly right. It's just basically a money grab by owners that they're giving little small things to the players to try and pay them off um, to accept this greater risk to their own health. The prosecution rests their case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you guys um, went a little bit over time there, but we'll allow it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. That's so merciful of you, Your Honor. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm bowing down. I really am. Um, but but uh, yeah, um, if if you'll allow us, Your Honor, the, the defense would like to speak next. We'll do it. We'll do a tight 90 seconds. You know, we don't we don't need more. We don't need to ramble or anything like that. Um, but anyway, I think our our biggest takeaway from the new CBA is that this is one for the people. You know, previously, you know, we saw star players getting getting any of the revenue gains, you know, usually they're the ones who are going to be making out big. You know, we've seen the NBA Chris Paul being the the player's agent and always helping out the the big guys but not not the small guys. And this one helps out the small guys. We're seeing a bump in minimum salaries. After all, 60% of NFL players are on minimum contracts. So, those 60% of players are going to get a 20% bump. Um, in the minimum contract, which is very exciting. Um, and we'll also be increasing the active roster size by two. We'll be increasing practice squad size by four. So that means fewer players stuck having to put them, you know, prostitute themselves to the XFL, which is just depressing. Wow. Um, <laughs> and weed suspensions are also gone, you know, so we're, we're done with Josh Gordon. We could have, we could have seen a much better career out of, and on top of that, as a fan, we get more real games, less preseason, you know, meaningless games at the, at, at the top. And we have more playoff teams. So, you know, my Jets, you know, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs unless there are seven teams in the playoffs. They're, they're a seven seed at best. And so that's this is an exciting prospect of more teams in the mix. Uh, and it'll keep things dramatic. The prosecution would like to start its response against Aiden, who is painting himself as this false hero of the common people and the little guy. <laughs> Trumping up his populism and really ignoring all the good things or all the bad things that this does for the, his so-called little guy. The rules with the practice squads, increasing the size of the roster and increasing the size of the practice squad makes it easier for um, teams to pass back and forth players between these practice squads and between the normal rosters because the new rules say that you can do day of changes for games. This hurts um, players who are at the bottom of the roster or at the top of the practice squad um, because their salaries can then fluctuate back and forth in between the two as opposed to staying constant on whatever one they are. So guys who are sort of uh, going back and forth don't get that full NFL salary, so the, pl the pay increases don't help them as much. In addition to that, they don't incur the league benefits for being on a roster you don't incur years of service that's not being true practice. that's not true the practice squad now gets league benefits that was part of the new cba Oof. oh is it really like the fine print 
Yeah, they get retirement. They get yeah, they get all the benefits. That that was a change. Oof. Also, it it hurts guys on the um the sort of bottom of the totem pole because of the preseason being shorter, they have less of a chance to be able to prove themselves that fourth game is often a chance where the roster spots are decided. Um so it gives pre- preeminence to more established players. Um, who've already made a name, and guys who are fighting for roster spots get less of a shot to make the team now because of that shorter preseason. Okay. Defense, do you have any any very final words? Uh, I, th- I think our, our final words are going to be sticking with our, our previous point that, well, the, the prosecution's main response to us was that this wouldn't actually help the players, and I think we... We determined that based on an increase in benefits that this will be helping players on the practice squad. <laughs> this will be at least, you know, maybe if it's not the ideal situation, it's still better than it previously previously was. And so I think this is I am in support of the new CBA because honestly, I generally just expect the, you know, any contract like this to go towards the people who are already making all of the money. And this seems like it was a little more evenly distributed. And I think that's why we saw it was a close vote, but I think that's why we saw like more support come out in the vote than it seemed like there was, you know, popular support just from like these big NFL players. I think this appealed to guys who are a little lower down on the totem pole. Um, and I don't think it's the perfect, but I think it's exactly the every man. Um, so <laughs> I, I think it's an improvement. Defense rests its case. Can can we? Can I just butt in really, really quickly? One more. Uh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Objection. No. Objection. Your Honor. Your Honor. Um, real quick. It, okay. So there might there might be margin there might be very marginal increases, but it is not as big of is not an, a large increase to justify an eleven year CBA. The players can't negotiate now for eleven more years. When, when in the past they've only done like a three-year renewal or new contract. So I think for that's another reason why this deal should not have been accepted. They're still going to get an feel- increase though over those 11 years. Right. If the, if the yep, but yeah, but once problems yeah. arise, once problems arise three years down the road, they have they have to wait seven more years to address those. Yeah, but I, I think the eleven years was because people were fearful that if they increased the the season size to seventeen, that they'd keep increasing it very quickly. But now that's eleven years. That means that that's kind of stuck, and you can't have the owners just you know drastically changing the NFL season. Like it, I thought the yeah. that the purpose of that was to allay those concerns. I hear you, but I think that's taken away from the players collective bargaining ability and that they're the one the, we're paying to see the biggest the best athletes compete in the world and if they're getting those extra benefits for a couple years though and the nflpa has a lot more stockpiled <clears throat> to support those players in case of a lockout or something like that i think the players have more leverage than they think um mm-hmm. so they could do a shorter term do shorter term deal mm-hmm. Sorry, Your Honor. That that ended up being a little long. <laughs> but. Hey, good content is good content. So, um, okay. So now that we've heard both sides, I I, I have to declare a verdict. Um, I do think I, I'll say this. I'm torn. I think at the end of the day, honestly, it comes down to just personal opinion, and both sides have a, a strong argument. Um, I, I liked the, the the prosecution's arguments based on player safety uh, in particular, um, but I think overall uh, the defense made good points about 
um, the the fact that it seems to generally be helping the the general player uh, and, the, and the lower tier players, if you will. And so overall, it seems like it will be a a, a good change. So I I, th- I declare the the defense not guilty. <laughs> Thank you. <Okay. laughs> Wait, we, we will, like we, will through, yeah. we will go through we will go through the proper appeal process of, <laughs> appeal process through the state courts. Thank you very much. Thank you. Court is adjourned. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to short stories. Uh, so we're gonna start with Bart, our judge, after he comes back from his hard hard job there. So Bart, why don't you take it away? What's your short story? Okay, so uh, this this week I wanted to talk about uh, something cool that's been happening as a consequence of coronavirus. Well, not cool for people who like their sports, aka all of us, um, but cool for the general people. And what that is is uh, how sports arenas in different cities across the world have been getting converted into hospitals to make more room for people who need the medical assistance. Uh, so, for instance, like Queen Stadium uh, in obviously in New York City. Uh, had that happen the Seahawks stadium had that happen Uh, a big stadium in Rio de Janeiro had the same thing so I just thought that was really interesting how uh, like sports teams slash organizations what have you are are still finding a cool way to contribute to uh, the good of the people even when sports have been put on hold for the time being yeah that's super cool I think it relates well to just like sort of collective efforts and like within sports um, to just sort of show solidarity like in any way possible so i agree yeah um and with that i'll be moving into my short story having taken a couple minutes to reconsider whether i should be taking the lsat in a few weeks um i will move in (laughs) to uh talking about something that i think has been a cool distraction from the fact that there are no sports um i talked about esports um especially virtual nascar um as some of you may know back in the day i was a big nascar fan but sort of fell away as the years went on. Um, and But this past weekend I saw the last race at Texas, Texas in quotation marks, they had a virtual race in the Texas Motor Speedway, um, had a bunch of racers like virtually competing. They have like these whole setups in their house, which are set up exactly like cars. And it got like, huge viewership. 1.3 million people watched, which is the most ever for an esports event. It gives guys who aren't like super good in real life, like Ryan Priest, a chance to win. He won that last race and allows people to come out of retirement without the health risks like Dale Earnhardt Jr. So it's pretty much as close to the real thing um, as you can get um, when it comes to NASCAR. And I think it's cool that they found this substitute, which seems to be equally as popular and fun. Well, not equally as popular, but, you know, pretty popular in comparison with other esports and sort of gives something to hang on to during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. That's speaking to the the whole thing about how it gives the worst worst drivers a chance. I think I saw it. I think it was Tony Stewart a headline that said he is going to get uh, like tutoring lessons or something like that in i <laughs> driving or yeah. whatever it's called to get better at it. <laughs> um. So with that, we're gonna transition into a segment we've done a couple times before. A segment called Bandwagons. We're we're gonna be talking about a couple bandwagons we're hopping on and a couple we're hopping off. So Jared. What are the bandwagons you're looking at this week? So I'm hopping on the ba- the bandwagon of the creators, producers, directors who already agreed that um, their movies would be released on Netflix um, because now this is kind of the perfect time for those to come onto Netflix when people can't go out to theaters. Uh, less competition. 
Uh, so an example, like everybody's talking about the Tiger King documentary, even a, a really bad movie like Spencer Confidential, which I, I saw a couple weeks ago was like streaming numbers were really up, were really up because there's no competition for real movie theaters. Um, so I'll be jumping on their band, bandwagons. I'm jumping off Red Bull Racing's coronavirus containment strategy. Uh, in, in case you haven't heard, uh, one of the executives there, Helmut Marco, suggested that the players all, or excuse me, the drivers all come together for a camp to be infected purposefully with the coronavirus, <laughs> so, that, so that they can, so that they can demelic, because they're they're strong young men in good health, and they'll de, they'll develop immunity to it theoretically, oh so they'll be prepared when the action starts. It's um, science. And he in the meeting. Brilliant. This is what he said about the meeting. He's like, let's put it this way. It has not been well received. <laughs> um, so I, I'm definitely jumping off their containment strategy for sure. Um, obviously, they did not go through with it. Um, Wyatt, what about you? I got a couple. So I'm going to start with um, kind of, I don't know, I guess it's similar to your Netflix one. And everybody who's doing their um, debates and broadcasts from home, the like sports shows, like uh, ESPN's Get Up, which by the way, it feels like ESPN's Get Up is on all the time. Like yeah. they're the only show that I see, and I I subscribe to their podcast and Apple Podcasts, and there are like forty missed episodes for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like looking at the backgrounds. I mean, guys like Adam Schefter has been doing this for a while, but there are plenty <laughs> of people who are just like you could tell that they're like in their living rooms or in their kitchen, <laughs> and how underprepared yeah. they are. And then also speaking of Get Up. There was a guy, he was in his office, I forget who it was, and his, um, um, one of, some, somebody was working on his lawn, and you could hear the leaf blower the entire time he was trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely, I'm definitely here for it when it comes to the at-home broadcasters. Um, I'm also on uh, Britney Spears' bandwagon, because she posted a time from her treadmill where she ran 100 meters in 5.97 seconds. <laughs> Absolutely oh. shattering Usain Bolt's uh, world record. <laughs> so she's got a bright future. She does. <laughs> it's bad news that the Olympics got canceled because she really could have proven herself in front of everybody. I know. She really had a, a chance this year. This is her year. And then I'm popping off the haircut bandwagon because I'm not going to get a haircut for a while. I'm looking rough. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get really rough. And then also. <laughs> I think like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Harrison Barnes about how he wasn't going to cut his hair because <laughs> until the Sacramento Kings hit 500 and uh, he might be looking real rough by the time summer comes around. <laughs> so You're looking worse than Big Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Probably. <laughs> no, I feel you on that, Wyatt. I'm very glad this is a podcast and not a, um, a stream. Uh, right. my hair is getting a little, <laughs> a little unmanageable at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the the bandwagon that I'm jumping on at the moment is a uh, home fitness, uh, because at the moment we we can't do a lot of actually going to gym, so we we're gonna have to make do with you know the shake weight and uh, iron <laughs> gym and all of the, the finest tools of uh, you know fitness improvement. Uh, and one of the, the things I saw this week is that P90X is available in its entirety on the internet for free at this point, which is very exciting given that like 10 years ago, I paid $60 to ship it. Um, it took two months and it showed up with the manual in Mandarin. 
um, because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to pay the 120 wow. for the real one, so I found a sketchy version. I was like, oh, like this is just a nice discount. Um, so I'm glad that you can get P90X mm-hmm. in full, um, probably in your native language at the moment, which is pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> and the the bandwagon I'm jumping off at the moment, this is going to be kind of related to Lucas's short story about uh, NASCAR. I'm jumping off the video game simulation uh, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. A lot of sports are turning to that, like NASCAR. Um, and it's not that I'm totally against it. I just don't want to see a bunch of, you know, old NASCAR drivers doing this. Um, I want to see a bunch of these NASCAR drivers facing off against like, you know, 12 year olds and getting totally embarrassed and just getting like <laughs> absolutely crap talked like the entire time. Like, I, I think that would be much more, uh, much more entertaining. Um, and, and watching the broadcasting crew, because at the moment they're using like an actual broadcasting crew for this, right? Um, so I think, I think it would be interesting to see like these professionals try and commentate on um, just a, <laughs> an amateur competition like that. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's, those are the bandwagons I'm on and off. Okay, uh, the bandwagon that I am jumping onto is that of celebrities posting about donations and other uh, methods of relief that they've been contributing to on social media. Uh, You see a lot of people respond to things like that, like, oh, wow, it's great that you did this, but did you have to let everybody know? That kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. as though though people are just doing it for the... like appreciation that they'll get um but i actually i i think it's it's great it spreads the word it it, it kind of spreads the whole um like good vibe and and uh hopefully gets people to to contribute more themselves obviously you're not probably going to be contributing millions like certain uh nfl players i've seen are doing but it, i think it's great that people post about it it's it, it's just i don't know it's a feel-good story if you will um in the same vein though i'm jumping off a bandwagon of athletes and celebrities telling people to chill out about having to be stuck at home all the time uh, because obviously they are living in significantly better and much more privileged living conditions than uh, a lot of normal people. So to the NFL players, to the NBA players, yada, 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 who are saying, yo, living in this huge mansion for two months or whatever is totally fine. Um, you can you can miss me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, for me, the bandwagon I'm first jumping on is the SB Nation bandwagon. And most people of this podcast will know that I've been obsessed with videos from SB Nation. This is not a paid partnership or anything like this, but I have been able to, <laughs> I've been able to stay sane watching um, the ridiculous content they do. That's, but that's super great. Things like a hour and a half documentary on athletes named Bob called the Bob Emergency. Other things like <laughs> the fumble dimension. So shout out John, John Boys and the, all the people at SB Nation for keeping me sane. Uh, check them out. The bandwagon I'm jumping off uh, is the Shaq bandwagon, especially in relation to Tiger King. Whoa. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the all-time best basketball Fighting words. <laughs> one of the all-time best basketball players, but he has been super on the defensive recently about his relationship with Joe Exotic from the hit Netflix show Tiger King. And it both feels like, yes, he should not have gone to this, like, tiger prison a couple times, like, but he's, like, super overreacting, I feel like, to and getting very defensive about it. Like, I feel like everybody, Shaq, would have just accepted an apology. Like, hey, I didn't know how bad the tigers were being treated. I thought it was another zoo. That's it. But he's issued, like, multiple apologies and gotten back and forth with people. So 
at least for the time being, I am hopping off the Shaq bandwagon. I just said, but I typed in Tiger King and a bunch of headlines. So Cardi B wants to start a GoFundMe for Tiger King's Joe Exotic. I saw a picture that said that Marquise Goodwin, he was like in a picture with Joe Exotic. And then I think Post Malone was also, he also knows Joe Exotic to some that's embarrassing. You I, I feel have like I should know him at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known about a Joe Exotic. That's wild. Did you, you see the headline that was like the, the, the Florida sheriff was like, We don't have any quote unquote credible tips on the disappearance <laughs> of the Tiger King millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what does that even mean? Um, long story short, and you can watch the documentary yourself, but. Joe Exotic's main rival's husband disappeared like 20 years ago and she inherited his millions and like it was never solved. And there's all the speculation around that. You can make your own decisions as to what happened. I think it's an open case. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they just reopened it, I think. Ooh. Right? That's With no credible about, tips. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are now legally required to tell you that Lucas is a paid promoter of both SB Nation. And yes. <laughs> <on> Netflix. So <laughs> anyway, but that's actually a good lead in to our next segment, our last segment, which is called "What Are You Watching?" Uh, we know what what Lucas is watching at the moment, Tiger King. Um, but in terms of what the rest of us are watching, we're going to be going through. Um, Two sports, you'll have the, the choice of watching either of the sports, say they're on at the same time, um, and everyone's going to make a choice as to whether which sport they're going to watch. Uh, so the first two sports we're going to look at are the Putt-Putt Championships and the Death Diving World Championships. So these are two sports that have that are not canceled by the coronavirus, so it is, you know, an opportunity for us to, to view. Uh, and the Putt-Putt Championships are, you know, self-explanatory. We all know and love Putt-Putt. And the Death Diving World Championships um involves standing on a 10 meter platform above water and then you have to fly horizontally with arms and legs in an x formation until right before you hit the water when you're allowed to enter fetal position to avoid serious injury um that is a a real competition (laughs) bart which one are you going with of those two I just, I have to say, I think the death diving competition is the, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Um, I, I would think I would rather play putt putt, but I gotta, I gotta say, I would rather watch the death diving championship. It's, it's unique. It has much more room for comedy. Uh, I was watching some highlights. It's just crazy. Um, I mean, the, the, the freestyle version of it isn't that interesting because it's just like what you see in the Olympics. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. on a lesser uh, talent level. But the the one the version of it where they yeah like you said try to keep their their uh, body spread out for as long as possible is is very cool. <laughs> what yeah, about I'm, you? Not, uh, I'm gonna go with the the putt putt championships. You know, I, I think we're at a we're at a time where we're endangered enough um, in the you know the current climate. I, I don't know if we need to be doing this to ourselves. I don't know if we need to you know oh. uh, be death diving. To... <laughs> I'm gonna be the mom here. I, I don't know if we need to be death diving right now. Uh, maybe later. <laughs> so uh, I'm going with putt putt. <laughs> Uh, but our, our next two sports uh, are going to be the Cherry Pit Spinning Championship <laughs> and the European Tram Driver Championship. And uh, the, the Cherry Pit Spinning Championship, again, pretty self-explanatory. The, the furthest Cherry Pit spit wins. 
And the the tram driver championship is is pretty interesting. It's actually an obstacle course with trams. So there are a bunch <laughs> of different events, uh, including one where a, a tram has to ram a large ball towards a set of blow up bowling pins and get as many yeah. down as they can. Uh, so there there are some you know it's an interesting combination of things with that one. But um, I'm going to be going on this one with the tram driver. You know that's that's a an op occupation that doesn't get highlighted often and i don't think is appreciated enough um and many a time i've stared at a tram and been like i want to see how many bowling pins it can knock down with a large <laughs> inflatable ball um and this allows me to live out that dream uh so jared what are you going with <laughs> so aiden the tram driver championship website reads if it's true that nobody can resist an idea whose time has come then the competition of the best European tram drivers will be one of the highlights of public life in larger European cities. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, I think, I think it's time has come. I, I'm picking the tram driver championship as well. Originally scheduled for May this year, but it's now in September of 2020 in Romania. Um, it's interesting because the teams are named after their city and not their country, which I thought was kind of interesting. And yeah, like like you were saying, and they have to like press a buzzer and then run onto their tram. I, I just like seeing the like the purpose. Um, so it's last last year Brussels won, by the way, and while they were the host city, so it's looking good for Oradia, Romania, who's going to be hosting this year. Next up, we got the Gels Marble Runs, which is a popular YouTube channel where they do uh, marble races. There's heats, I believe, and everything, and there's play by play commentary very popular or the world axe throwing world championship basically like darts except there's kill shots on uh, the fifth and tenth throw of a match it doesn't mean you're killing somebody um i actually don't know what it means oh it's, it's a six point or no, like, no 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 i don't know what it means but um they can only be declared on the fifth and tenth throw of a match um Anyway, um, wh why? Who are you going with? <laughs> you're, you know, you're selling me on the world axe throwing with the kill shot, <laughs> but I am gonna go with the marble ones. I mentioned marble racing like two, <clears throat> excuse me, two or one week ago. So mm -hmm. I, I'm into the marble racing. Marble racing is fun. I'm going with Jell's marble run. Yeah, I'm with Wyatt on this one. Marble racing is electric. I watched like a bunch of videos on Twitter over the past <laughs> couple days. <laughs> Joe Buck even like went and commented or commentated over a couple of like the marble runs. <laughs> so I'm going hard on Jell's marble runs. I'm also going to add that I am also a European tram driver championship truther because it seems a little suspicious that Brussels <laughs> won when they were the hosts. So I think we should all be on the lookout for that. <laughs> moving in, moving into our next competition, uh, we have the Johnsonville Brat Eating World Championship or the National Stone Skipping Competition, both of which pretty self-explanatory. One, <laughs> eat as many brats as you can, and two, stone skipping. See how many you can skip. So, Bart, which are you taking? Uh so this this one is just like a deeply personal thing for me. Um, I have always been awful at skipping stones. And being Polish, I have had my fair experience with brats in my life, which I love. So I, I, it's just it's got to be the brat eating for me. Uh, stone skipping just doesn't really do it. 
in my opinion. Maybe that's a hot take. Who knows? Yeah. I went with broad eating as well. I, I don't think it's that hot of a take. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is like the hot dog con- eating contest they have that Joey Chestnut wins every year, but more impressive since they're like bigger than hot dogs. So I'm going full on with the broad eating world championship. I think much more exciting. And with that, we're going to move into our last uh, matchup, which is Dodge Juggle 3 or Slippery Stairs College Tour. And I'm going to let Jared explain the difference between these two. So Dodge Dodge Juggle 3 is a one-on-five. There's one person with a dodgeball and five people juggling, and the dodgeball person is trying to hit them to disrupt their juggling pattern, which I, I think is just pretty hilarious. Um, and then we have the the um, the slippery stairs college tour. It came from a Japanese game show, um, apparently, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You're just trying to climb up stairs that's covered in slippery stuff. For that reason, I am going with Dodge Juggle Three. I think we would see some pretty horrific injuries in slippery stairs, and I don't really want to see that. So uh, I would be watching Dodge Juggle Three. I'm also going with Dodge Juggle 3, and mainly because I love that there's a third iteration of Dodge Dodge Juggle <laughs> that they've got so far. They're like, this, is, this needs some work, and they're going to keep re- reshaping it. So I'm excited Dude, for 4 and all that. Go ahead, you don't Eric. think there could be crazy injuries in, in Dodge Juggle? I've watched, <laughs> they juggle knives. I've watched Dodge Juggle. I watched Dodge Juggle. I watched, it wasn't one, it wasn't five people juggling and one person with a dodgeball was, it was the other way around it's kind of like this uh yeah he it was one person juggling and everybody else was trying to hit him and then they had everybody had their own defensive strategies and they were like playing in jeans which i've never seen an athlete play in <laughs> jeans um, but the the matches did not go on very long <laughs> they almost got hit right away oh, okay interesting yeah well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for talking about what you're watching. That's all the time we have this week. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are releasing episodes every Wednesday, so look out for, for it on Wednesdays. Follow us at on Twitter at YouThoughtMedia. Respond to our Twitter polls. Let us know what you're watching, and stay safe. Thank you.